Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, everybody. I'm Alan Cumming. I'm Christopher Sweeney. And um, I have a big confession to make. Uh, We (laughs) have just recorded uh, a large chunk of this uh, Homo Sapiens Extra, and I didn't have my microphone, my little machine on. So we were just recording off my computer. So it's good. This lovely, mellifluent sound you're hearing right now will not last very long because we're going to Um, go back to the original recording and until we get to the bit where the news of the week starts that's when I realised my microphone was off so I just wanted to apologise for my absolute dopiness thank goodness this is not my um, main job as a sound engineer Uh, and I just do this um, for pin money um, and um, Christopher, how are you? How are you feeling about my um, inadequacies? Oh, Alan, I'd, please, uh, God, don't worry. The whole point of Homo Sapiens is a fun, forgiving, wonderful home of a place. And who cares that you forgot to press record? I've done it millions of times. Um, so I don't want you to worry at all. Today I came out as a bad sound person. <laughs> I'm in Greece. Hello, Chris. Hello. Oh, you're in Greece. Look at you. I, I wondered what that kind of Mediterranean painting was behind your head. Look at that fresco, ball. hey? Oh, is are these are the people who own the property and gay by any chance? They're not, but they're gay friendly because there's lots of gays Obviously, here. by their art. So um, this is an international, even more international than normal uh, 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 Homo sapiens extra. How? Like, really I've got is. questions. I've got questions. <laughs> How was the flying? The flying was great. And, you know, like people are very relaxed. There's no hysteria. Everybody was um, wearing a mask. And it feels like, do you remember like when you used to go to airports or on holiday, let's say 30 years ago, where it wasn't like airports had people in, but not scrums of people. And like Mm -hmm. beaches had like some people, but not thousands. It all feels Mm -hmm. a bit like that. It feels sort of quieter. So it's back in the 80s or something. Yeah, when I used to go to the Algarve. The Algarve. <laughs> it's an island called Skopelos, mm-hmm. um, where I got married, but also made famous by the fact that Mamma Mia was shot here. Shut the fuck up. And there's nobody going there this year. That's a, I'm shocked. Oh, gosh. Can I just do a nice segue? <clears throat> guess who I wrote? Guess who I wrote to this week? Cher. No, Benny and Bjorn from ABBA. So, no you know way. what? Yes, I got their, well, not their personal emails, but someone who works in my thing. I kind of killed your segue, didn't I? With yeah, my bag shut up. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cher's obviously a so immersed in ABBA now. Um, she's yes. like the fifth ABBA. She's like the ABBA K. But um, uh, no, because I'm being the artistic director of the Adelaide Cabaret Festival in uh, Australia next year, I've been talking about all the various mm. things I'd like to do. And one of the things I thought, I'm sort of thinking, paring it down, paring it down after this post-COVID thing. Let's just get someone up there with a piano and they'll talk and they'll tell stories and they'll sing songs. And, and you know, nice. and that we heard that ABBA was kind of starting to do more music. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if ABBA oh. or Benny and Bjorn just came and like, did an evening of stories and then they would sing songs at the piano and blah, blah. So I thought, you know, and I read an article actually that said they're 70, but one of them said I'm 75 now and with COVID I'd like get people to fly to me in Stockholm. So I thought, well, that's not going to happen. But anyway, it's worth a shout. So I got, I did this sort of challenge Alan's team. I said to all my agents managers, I need to get hold of ABBA. Who can get me to ABBA? <laughs> and so it was so funny. I got I all these that. various different competing agents things saying, well, I... I know, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, well, my dad did blah, blah, blah. I and love so, that. So I sent off a letter yesterday to Born, Bjorn and Benny's someone. So I'll, keep, need, I'll, I'll tell you what happens. And listeners, please start a petition for them to go to Adelaide. Wouldn't that be um, great? Cabaret Festival. Can I say, I've got a couple of things to say here. Yes. One is that I love that your idea of paring it down for a festival is to invite someone from ABBA to perform. <laughs> Super simple, guys. Here's my idea. Yes. The other things I wanted to do was have an ice rink. And um, I wanted an ice rink in, in Adelaide. And uh, <laughs> I also want to bring a man who paints with his penis. I think I'm getting that. Oh, He's well, so one, one is more environmentally friendly. True. That's true. Guess what which? was your other point? Oh, no, my other point was you need someone from ABBA to have a tax bill to pay and then they'll come and do it. That's how you mm. get these big stars, isn't it? Well, and maybe, maybe it's one of the girls then, because I think those boys with all those musicals they've written, yeah. or musicals of their songs they've written, they're going to be laughing all the way to them. They've got more money than God, haven't Swedish they? Swedish bank, yeah. We've got mm. islands and everything. Your hair looks amazing, can I just say? <laughs> it's so crazy. I love Luckily, it. These head bones are keeping it, but I've got uh, this bits at the side are as long as the bits on the top, which is... Uh, look, it looks nice out now because I've got my headphones on. But if I take it off, it all goes. I look like um, the the doc in uh, Back to the Future. Me and my assistant Matt did a funny photo on Instagram because he had a little uh, what do you call it? Those oh, I vests. Saw that. What do you call those things in America? You call them vests in America. What do you call them? They got, uh, like a, well, like the thing uh, that the thing that Marty McFly wore, and, and oh, I was yeah. looking with a with an overall um, overalls on and looking crazy. And, so we did an impersonation of uh, Back to the Future. I think he looked like Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Do you remember his hair was a flame? <laughs> I right. love it. Yes. Do yes. <laughs> um, we have a look at some emails? Yes. Oh, I, I want to say, as a, I'm pretending to be a letter person, but I loved the Armistead uh, episode, Chris. That was so lovely. You and he were such a darling combo. Oh, wasn't it just? It was yes. so nice to listen back because it was a while ago, that conversation. I just loved what he was saying about tenderness and how tenderness left. Uh, he said he first saw that and then it disappeared and everything became butch and how that line he said about being in San Francisco and feeling for the first time that there was people like you and you could be yourself and then go and eat a sandwich. I just thought that was... Oh, yes, in the, in the bathhouse that you could go and yeah. have lovely... And you could tell so much about someone in the dark. Yeah, you, you could tell whether tell someone was an asshole or, or yeah, yeah. But that was really fascinating. And I, I love the idea of like Armstead having fabulous anonymous sex and then going and munching a sandwich and watching telly in the, <laughs> in the It's a one stop shop. So we had an email oh, this about, is a great this letter. Is funny. So this is from <laughs> Philip. The subject says, Was Jesus gay? The last BJ question mark. 
Hey there, Chris and Alan. I'm loving this series of both of you. Lee, read Laurie Anderson's comments about Jesus. There is a painting in the Academia Art Gallery in Venice that appears to show Jesus having a blowjob at the Last Supper. I don't know the artist, but I thought it ought to be better known among queer circles. Just putting it out there. And then Phil has as, put a photo. As was Jesus that night, apparently. Um, there's this picture, and it's uh, it, it's like, it, you know, it's like, it looks like a sort of an old fresco sort of thing. Yes. And there's a, it's a circular table and all the disciples around it. And there is indeed a man. Jesus has got one arm on the table. The other arm you don't see. And there is a man with his head in Jesus' lap. He's got one hand on the table as well. And there's and he's, you see the top of his head. He's either weeping and he, un, inconsolably or he's giving Jesus a blowjob. He is, whatever he's doing, he's going for it with 110%. Or, or both. He could be weeping, you know, yeah. you know, it can happen. Blime. Uh, yeah, well, listen, we've all been there. Tears can um, occur. <laughs> we'll put that on Instagram so you can all see it, everybody. It's so good. And lots of emails also came through asking what CBD oil Chris has been using. Um, it's called Dragonfly going? from Boots. Um, it's fine. I had some on the first night I was here and then I had a really, really strange dream that was full of danger and I can't remember what it was, but I, it was just intense. Oh, I, thought, I might I lay off. want that with the CBD oil. Better get some more in you. Yeah, so, but it's Dragonfly and I got the mid-range one, you know me. Isn't it um, funny that just, what a crazy world we live in that you can buy CBD oil in Boots. Yeah, Boots the chemist. For those of you who don't know, listeners and oh yeah, it's like a sort of um, I guess it's like a sort of CVS or something in America, like a big chain. About sort of, mm. a, it's a very got a lovely warm family. It's like you know, it's very hearty. Like you'd go and buy your Christmas, you get Boots. I would get Boots vouchers when I was a little yes. boy for my granny. Yeah, and yeah. they had like they didn't just have chemistry things. They had they had other things too, but uh, yeah, Boots is now like a drug dispensaries. They just they're like a pusher. It's a night out now. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, okay, here's another one. Well, I love this. Hello, boys. My name is Rory. And for the longest time, I've been ashamed of my sexuality and repressed any feelings that I thought weren't straight due to religious trauma. Gosh, again with the religion. It's just... Mm. Anyway, anyway, religious trauma and growing up in a very homophobic area of Alabama. Gosh, they're, well, double whammy. I was miserable until I found your podcast, which helped me embrace and accept myself and my true feelings. Thanks to you, I proudly come out as bisexual to my close friends, my boyfriend, and most important, to myself. As another way of embracing my sexuality, I helped my beloved pet rat, Leo, paint the bisexual pride flag. He did this by himself <laughs> with my <laughs> guidance. I hope you enjoy these pictures of the little artist with his work. So there's, there's a picture <laughs> there a of, photo. first of all, it's, a, it's two photos. One looks like a piece of sort of a paper towel with all these dots on it, but they're in the color of red, purple, and blue, the sort of bisexual uh, flag colors. And then there's this most darling looking little rat peeking out of a cage with this little paper towel in front of it that it's obviously stomped over in various colors, looking like a proud owner of this piece of art. It's just absolutely darling. He's got his little cardboard boxes in the background that he's obviously loving going into and eating. Oh, yeah. So um, I love that uh, Rory in Alabama is uh, having a, 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 a sort of embracing of their sexuality and making their rat uh, paint bisexual flags. Good on you. It's lovely. And it's the first time we've had a letter from someone who has said, and I, if I'm getting this right, sorry, Rory, write in and tell me if I've got this wrong. But Rory is saying that Rory previously identified as gay and because of discussions we've had, has actually realised they're bisexual. And that's, um, and we've never had anyone write in saying that before. So that's really cool. That's really good. Um, we've got some <laughs> review and some vegan advice for you, Alan, here. Bring it, bring it. Um, 
from someone called Chris, so they obviously know what they're talking about. Dear Alan and Chris, greetings from the People's Republic of South Yorkshire. Love South Yorkshire. Fabulous. Always a joy and a stimulation turning on the podcast to hear wise and witty words. And wow, what a guest list. Thank you for introducing me to Hannah Gadsby. Being prompted to watch Nanette has ended up with myself and my deputy, I'm a primary school head teacher, completely rewriting our curriculum. Wow. Also, wow. Know, isn't that great? Yeah. Also, I noted your difficulties with Worcestershire sauce, and I'm surprised that nobody has mentioned Henderson's relish to you. But then what? it is Sheffield's closely guarded secret. It's a delicious what? sauce and totally vegan. So save an anchovy and use Hendo's. God, I've I got would, to get this. I would send you a bottle, but I think there may be customs and border control around Yorkshire for this particular product. But this doesn't <laughs> sound like you have a problem with illicit substances. Oh, <laughs> yours, Chris. Well, oh, wow, that's exciting. Henderson's relish. Gosh, if, I, if, if only get my some, assistant, Alan. if only my assistant listened to this podcast, he could take a note right now to get me some. <laughs> yeah, this is how you can check. Now, I always say to him, have you listened? He goes, I hear you. I hear your podcast all the time. That's what he said. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Um, well, I actually watched a piece or heard a piece on the radio about Henderson's relish, them talking about it about three, four weeks ago, weirdly. So how weird that Chris has written in and talked about it. But what people of Yorkshire are very proud of it. They're talking about how proud people are of it. And they did a little piece inside the factory talking all about it. They didn't say it tastes like Worcestershire sauce at the time, though. So. Is it more of a pickle? Uh, no, I, I thought it was like a Tabasco, which I'm sure Chris will say is absolute oh. sacrilege. But I but always I, thought relish was more of a sort of a, like, you know, that kind of cucumber mm. relish stuff you get here. Or whatever you call that stuff. Well, um, oh, well let's anyway. buy some. Why don't I'm we buy it. some and we I'm can on test it. it. I'm pr- okay. I can't wait to get this finished so I can get on that uh, amazon.co.uk. Okay, I've got an agony uncle question for you, Alan. Bring it on. I feel very full of yeah. wisdom today. Always. Hello. I've been shielding from COVID due to being a clinically extremely vulnerable. I have a suppressed immune system response due to being born without a spleen. The lockdown restrictions in the UK have eased slightly. I'm single and I haven't had physical contact, let alone anything sexier with anyone since February. I've been single for about a year after a 10 year relationship going awry. That's a whole other email. Any advice for getting back into the dating scene in a post lockdown world? How do I ask the questions I need to ask to make sure I'm safe when it comes to COVID without it being a boner killer? Thanks. Well, first of all, I think in well. both with your medical condition, well, you know, issues and in the new world we live in, I think it's completely fair to be upfront about what you need and what you um, need to hear from other people about, about uh, their covid safety i think that's very very don't ever feel ashamed or that that's a boner killer because you know it's like it's like it's like safe sex it's it's a new form of safe sex and i think you should be absolutely um that adamant about those things and i think that and i and i think and that's what's really good actually when you're being frank about stuff like that i think that is really sexy because it's like basically saying uh, there's no there's no um disputing that i want to shag you here are the conditions and i think that's I think yep. that can be really, I think that'd be really great. So that's my first point. Over to you, Chris, for point number two. Point number two is I think that it is, uh, you want to date someone in the end who is compassionate and anyone who has some compassion will understand that you have um, some things that you need to run by someone to ask. And if anyone's going to be weird about that, which they often are on dating apps, etc., mm. they ain't worth your time of day. 
Absolutely. And I'm sure in this internet-y digital world, there must be places you can go to to find people who have the same health concerns, but also want to have their needs met. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure there must be, um, play, what do you call it, chat rooms or whatever. Do they have chat rooms now? I don't know. Is that such a granny, like blogs? <laughs> yeah, good There must be a blog, know. but there must be places. I would just think that you can do a little research and find that out. Yeah, but I think I think the the most important thing is is like don't be ashamed of having to be frank. It's actually mm. a really a positive thing, and I think it's actually you know as Chris says, it tells a lot about a person's response uh, to, to mm. questions like that about their compassion. I agree. I've got an agony uncle question. I recently went on a stress. Oh, I'll do that with my teeth <laughs> in. I recently went on a slightly stressful joint home visit. Oh, hang on, I get it. Oh, look, it's like. It was the word joint, Chris. It sent me into a CBD frenzy. <laughs> I recently went on a slightly stressful joint home visit at work with a social worker, a challenging client, but we dealt with it well together and it felt like a bit of a bonding experience. He was so lovely and we got on really well. He was really funny and well-groomed, but as he's Spanish, I couldn't tell if he was gay or just charming or European. <laughs> I love that. Do you remember this weird thing in a magazine? It was gay or blah, like gay or hipster, gay or, you know, yes. uh, Mormon. It was just hilarious. Anyway, our paths won't cross often at work, but I would like to ask him to meet for a coffee and see if we could be friends. I haven't lived in this area for long and I'm keen to make some mates. Is it rude to ask if he's gay? I don't usually vet sexuality when making friends, but as we are unlikely to run into each other, it's difficult to know how to casually find out. I don't want to give the wrong impression or come across as ignorant. How do I manoeuvre this? Well, first of all, I think it's absolutely fine to ask if someone's gay, don't you? And I think there's ways to do it. I think you can just be chatting and go, hey, oh, do you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner of some kind? That's what I do. When I don't know, I sort of give them the whole option of tick here. And um, and it is difficult to tell these days. I really think it is. And especially in Europe, it's much harder. And um, I, but I do, but surely she, uh, this, uh, he rather, could find out from well, another she, person. No, it's a she, actually. It's a she. Oh, well, surely she could find out from, from someone else at work. But I just think, ask. And I think it's lovely to be, uh, so I th maybe you're worried that if you ask him and he's straight, he'll think it's, uh, is that right? Am I confused again? No, no, you're not confused. It's, it is a bit, it's a bit of a confusing question because she then sent, oh, I, it's not on here, I noticed, but it's, it's, uh, she sent a qualifying update saying that she is straight. Um, ah. So, so it, she's worried that if she, it's, she's it's, worried she's that. She's asking if it's rude to ask people, gay people, if they're gay. I think it's totally fine. If you if you do it in a way that is ticks options and also just that you just genuinely don't know i think it's totally fine don't you yeah i mean i get it because um it's it is people worried about offending someone but actually uh it's really nice to be asked and there, no one yeah. will ever take offense i don't think if you're doing it from the right place which you are because you want also, to be mates with them yes and he seems lovely and he's a social worker so he's you know surely got some kind of skills to deal with a question like that and i'm sure has been asked it a lot before but uh yeah ask yeah. him so that'd be i see you're trying to make sure that he is gay so that you don't he doesn't think that you're into his pants yes is that right she wants to have a gay friend yeah don't we all ask don't we all ask gays okay. are great if you see one crap <laughs> So here is some LGBT news. Can you notice the sound quality's improved? It's because Alan's turned on his microphone again. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Greetings from the Catskills. I'm oh. all. I am. 
I'm here Isn't now. Isn't it lovely to hear Alan uh, in 3D? Now, um, my friend Lottie Jeffs, who also has her own podcast called Some Families. She's also a writer. She has a, uh, a podcast called Some Families that she hosts with Stu Oakley about queer parenting. She's written an article mm-hmm. in Grazia called About Time Kids TV Sees Its First Lesbian Kiss. So there is a kids oh, TV that's right. show called The Next Step on teen dance drama. It's a teen dance drama on CBC, BBC. And there was a gay kiss between two women, which I think is fucking cool. Um, I think that's so great. And also, I mean, when I was reading the article, I thought, gosh, it's so good that this is happening. But isn't it awful that we have to make a song and dance about it? That kids have been, are so used to straight kisses, straight interpretations of romance. and, 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 And yet this is the first time that that's, actually been um, a, a same-sex mm. one has been shown on television and i know there's lots of kind of you know everyone's a bit wobbly about the whole idea of sexuality and children but get you know guess what it's it's uh, it's when you're a a teen it's it's all around you so i think mm. to have especially actually at that time in people's lives to have positive images of diverse uh options that you have with your sexuality is it can only be a great thing and and i hope that people uh continue to do this yeah. And there's that thing about like, you need to, to be it, you need to see it, you know, and to know that it you can be in a loving queer relationship. In this case, it's two women, but you know, you need to be seeing it out there and, and not feel that it's something yeah. that is within you that you need to hide. And I think it's yeah. also really nice that I, fi- I find it weird that like in, I can't even remember if this is completely true, but when I used to watch Neighbours when I was a kid, you know, um, mm. Uh, you would see the parents, the straight parents kiss hello. But if that was two mm-hmm. women, it would be considered sexual. And it's funny how if it's straight, mm-hmm. it's considered love. But if it's gay or, you know, in beyond, it's considered sex. Well, that's the, that the whole weird? thing about, yeah, the whole thing about sort of, um, you know, acceptance. And I'm using my inverted common fingers when I say that. Is that, you know, everyone's everyone says oh you must be so it's so great we've come such a long way and everything but actually people yes it's nice that people we have all these rights now and actually but people are still uh grossed out by the idea of gay sex both mm-hmm. by men and women especially men and that's something that you've got i think we've got to say yes we, we put penises up bums mm. that's part of it and i think that's something that we've got to kind of uh keep um normalizing mm. so that people don't uh you know, kind of it's d- deny it. And I think yeah. that's, that's, this is what it's all about. It's about denial. And, and, and I, I'm actually really shocked because we know when I was there, when I did that show Instinct and I was the first ever uh, gay leading character on a, an American network drama. And I thought, yeah. for fuck's sake, you know, in Britain, I've seen so many shows where there are gay, lead, gay leading characters over the years. But um, so I'm kind of disappointed that this has, this is the first time it's happened for a sort of a kids mm. show. Isn't that interesting? Also, it is really interesting. And I think it's weird that like lesbianism has always been considered titillating because it seems to be... <laughs> see, what you, see what you did there? <laughs> <laughs> it sort of is in service of erotic ideas around for straight men. Whereas, mm. it, it, you know, gay male kisses were always considered gross and they didn't titillate anyone. Mm. It's not like they are deemed to be sexually exciting for straight women. I don't know. It's interesting. So it's nice to see. Yes. I feel like it is widely discussed that lesbianism is sort of uh, always f- further down the rungs because I don't know why. I think there's a bit of misogyny well, in there somewhere. 
I, oh, totally. And, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And also, it's, I was just thinking about this the other day. You know, in America, they have this, the United States of, they have this thing, you know, where sex is only about penetration of the vagina or the anus, mm. I suppose. And so that's this whole, that's why, you know, in the whole Clinton uh, sex scandal, it was he said, I did not have sexual relations with that. He meant he oh. didn't. And he actually, a lot of people say, well, actually, that I believe that that's true because that's some people, unless you actually get down to, vaginal or vaginal or anal penetration the rest of it doesn't really count the rest of it is guess what it's called fooling around and so that i've always found that so ridiculous that that you have a a phrase for the vast the vast majority of sexual (laughs) engagement which is connected to foolishness and then also that you have um uh you know if that were if you take the argument forward that logic that means that lesbians technically never have sex yeah What's so it like? Why, it's all fucked why up. are we getting so? Why do people get so lost in the you know the detail? It's like you're either doing it or you're not. Who cares? <laughs> right? I know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. UK Black Pride celebrated its 15th birthday this week um, and it had happy birthday happy birthday and it had to move online I went last year to the actual physical event and hopefully we'll be back next year um, yes Alan there's a lot of those pride online things happening I did that. actually someone who was who wrote a letter to this show yes asked me uh, John from Perth he asked me to do Perthshire pride I did a little message for them oh, so it's amazing. interesting I th- and the thing I said in my message was that the great thing about being a queer person is that we find each other oh, and I it's love uh, that. obviously things like pride make it easier to find each other of course but uh, it, it is a thing that I think that's we've we've been we've had to sort of uh, sort of put out messages, sort of subliminal messages to each other in, 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 our, in our sort of DNA, actually, yeah. to come together. That's lovely. So it's a nice thing to see that, that people are doing that freely and um, happily. Now, um, have you got a wormhole this week? I have one. It's short. Oh, f- fuck, I have a wormhole. So I watched this documentary about um, Alex Salmond, the former uh, First Minister of Scotland, who was, uh, had these uh, um, accusations of sexual assault and rape and the, and it's been a huge story in Scotland and um Kirsty Work the lovely Kirsty Work my old chum she made this documentary about the trial it was called the trial of Alex Hammond mm-hmm. and it was a really fascinating it's been very controversial it's been really you know obviously it's a very controversial subject with the sort of me too and also the political situation in Scotland and the kind of thing about conspiracies blah blah but i so i started kind of uh and i thought Kirsty did a really great job i i've always thought she was just a, a darling and an amazing journalist and so I, st- I went to look at this interview thing that she'd done about it and I went to another thing and I went to like I tried to find this interview she did with Margaret Thatcher Ooh. which is kind of I think what started her career nationally actually because she was working on a program in Scotland she interviewed Thatcher and she fucking took her down and Thatcher went for her afterwards not physically but you know vo- vocally I mean uh, verbally anyway I went to all these things looking for interviews of all these great interviews Kirsty's done over the years because you know that's the interesting thing in Britain you someone who does a political show will next be talking to Madonna or mm. you know an artist Very or funny something that. like that 
it's really yeah it's, a, it's great that, that that sort of thing is you know the news has a wide spectrum it's not just politics anyway then I, I don't know how I got here but I got to in 1991 there was a television remake of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane starring Vanessa and um, Lynn Redgrave and I wow. cannot wait to see it because I, the pictures just look so <laughs> hilarious and I just love the idea of those two uh, you know, tearing up the tearing up the scenery. So that was my wormhole. Went from Alex Salmon to uh, a remake of Baby Jane. I love it. Um, my wormhole went from my mother-in-law to Hillary Clinton. Really, um, <laughs> no, it's not. Seriously, there's not that. Much, there's not that. Mean like Helen McCrory as your mum. Yeah, well, Helen McCrory could totally play uh, Hillary Clinton. It's not that big could, a jump. Well, that's funny. Yeah, because that was basically why. Because it was. It, like she my mother-in-law arrived in on the island right and she arrived by boat and she got off of course she did yeah of course and so she got off the boat and she was walking along the pontoon and my husband took a picture of her and and then yeah. texted it and they put it on his instagram saying um his mum has arrived and we all like all our friends have like she's we joke how she's scary in the photo was in the background um which we hadn't noticed at the time was someone jumping in the water with their legs in the air. And one of William's <laughs> friends commented saying, is that person jumping in the background, someone running away thinking that the QC is in town, she's going to prosecute them. <laughs> and so I commented underneath, no, they were just in the way. <laughs> like she'd thrown them in the water. And we were like telling her about this and laughing and blah, blah, blah. And then I was remembering, do you remember that Tumblr called Text from Hillary? Where people would post pictures of Hillary Clinton. Oh, yes. And her sunglasses and everything texting away on her black. Yeah. Yes. And they would do like, so they would post a picture of like Hillary Clinton um, texting someone and then uh, Joe Biden and President Obama like writing, hey, Hillary, how are you? And then she would just reply, new phone, who this? <laughs> stuff, like, anyway, that was, and then we started looking through all of those and it was just funny. That was my little wormhole. But how did you get to that from your mother-in-law? Because she reminded me of that. She reminds me of Hillary Clinton in that sense. Of oh, like, I get it. Th Got they it. were just in Got the it. way. You know what I mean? It was the sort of yes, thing yes, that they yes. would say. And Collateral damage. Yes. Yes. Anecdote roulette, Alan. Someone has written in Mark and he says he wants Alison Moyer. So I'm going, I have to fail you because I don't have a, 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 a thing about, a, an anecdote about Alison Moyer. I don't. And that's my second fail of the week because I forgot to switch my machine on. But also uh, in the letter, the man who sent us, uh, Mark, who asked if I did have an Alison Moyer, he did tell us this hilarious thing that Alison Moyer, bizarrely, is the cousin of Francois Sagat, the French, you know, um, sort of porn star, model, actor, performance artist person that I'm obsessed with. I think he's, and I met him, he's such a darling. And they're cousins. And she said it was so hilarious that uh, on her Twitter, she said it's so weird that like, she's looking at her Twitter and all of a sudden her cousin's cock just appears out of nowhere <laughs> on his bum sticking in the air. And, uh, and then he wrote back about, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, I forgot you could see that. <laughs> I think it must be funny <laughs> to be a porn star's relation and you just sort of forget that you're going to just see them getting rammed occasionally in the middle of your, you know, occupational hazard um honey now, richard e grant richard e grant i have known for a very long time he was so nice in 1994 when i directed my first short film mm -hmm. uh it was called butter and uh he um was in it he took a part in it him and helena bonham carter were a couple 
in one scene. And he's so lovely of him. And then, um, you know, I knew him a little bit, but then I worked with him in um, Spice World, the movie. That was our, we were, it was so hilarious because <laughs> we had, we were like name above the title. You know, that's the thing in films. So if your name above the title, it's, it's a big deal. Mm. So it was like, it went like, you know, Emma, Jerry, uh, Mel, Mel, uh, who's the other one? Victoria. Victoria. Richard E. Grant, Alan Cumming, Spice World, the movie. <laughs> so hilarious. <laughs> like we were honorary Spice Boys. Uh, but, so we did that film. It's such a laugh. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and he used to come into, and he just, the thing was, he just had a book out, a kind of gossipy book uh, of uh, stories and things, but quite gossipy. And he used to come into um, my dressing room, my, my trailer. I had a massive trailer. And I had a bath in my trailer. I mean, who's going to take a bath? Who's going to take a bath in oh a trailer? I mean, God. where was that water been? But anyway, I had a bath. It's, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't like it now, but at the time I thought, oh, this is fun. Um, so uh, he would come into my trailer and we would uh, have lunch together and he would always kind of mind me for gossip. I thought, I'm not telling you, you'll put it in your next book. Anyway, uh, just recently when I was in London doing... Um, uh, end game I got you know you get fan mail sent to the thing and sort of there's a pile of it and you sign it and there was this <laughs> pile of photographs and it said sign to Peter or something like six photos of Richard E. Grant were all Richard <laughs> in different films and, like and I, I did a video of it on my Instagram and I was like you know uh, weird I'm not Richard E. Grant so and he uh, he got in touch and said I'm terribly sorry like he was <laughs> apologising because of some dopey fan but yeah he's a sweetheart and also, I remember that one of the things about him, he said he has a fridge in his bedroom so he can have orange juice in the middle of the night. I read that somewhere once. It's always struck me. It's wow. Like, me. Yeah. What a, that's a great anecdote roulette for me. <laughs> Review of the week. Um, we've got, uh, do you want to read the first one, Alan? Yes. Uh, definitely one of my favourites. That's the headline. I genuinely love the podcast. Like we thought, you weren't genuine, but anyway, I loved Will and Alan is such a wonderful addition. I really enjoy the relaxed conversations you two have, teasing each other and Alan's cheeky giggles. <laughs> Even the ads make me smile. It's lovely to listen to your chats and interviews. A connection to like-minded people whose experiences are so different to my own feels more important than ever in current virus slash political circumstances. You both come across as informed and comfortable in your opinions, but also open-minded to what your guests bring to the conversation. The beauty of editing. A difficult balance. <laughs> a difficult balance which I really appreciate as I never want to be too old to learn about slash from others please don't change gosh thanks so much bless um, and then we've that got, person we've got one here from you Holly Brownlee one. I was recently completely lost hiking climbing up a rock face in the Italian Alps um, and I was alone out of water and a little frightened and needed an uplifting boost so I popped in my headphones and played this podcast I just so happened to be the week Laurie Anderson was on and her dulcet tones were very welcome alongside your own delightful musings that's us Alan the most recent Aww. episode with Armistead Morpin was a true delight added to an already excellent volume of episodes as I was a huge fan of Tales of the City I was thrilled to see he was on as a guest and he added to a long list of interviews that provide thoughtful and entertaining listen this podcast is like a spaniel fun affectionate uplifting five stars <laughs> <gasps> I mean a spaniel I love that I love that I do, I do feel like Tigger sometimes um, Tigger who are you going to give the t-shirt to Alan oh god Sophie's choice um, you know I think I'm going to give it to the first person Nell I think it's Nell Bale is her, the name okay. on the thing wow. because um, what way. I think is interesting about 
about uh, is her is that um, she says that thing about how a connection, um, you know, it's important in these times to, to, to listen and hear experiences that are different to her own. I think that's mm. a really great message that we should all do that. We should all listen to uh, not just listen to the same things that we think of. And I, I don't know. I just yeah. found that 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 touched me. And I think she deserves a T-shirt for that comment. Are they still large yeah. T-shirts? Because we've only got large left. We've only got large in stock at the moment. But, you know, um, <laughs> so please write in to hello at homo sapiens Bell. and we will send you a T-shirt. And that wraps it up for this week, Alan. Doesn't it just? Uh, well, you go back to the beach, Chris. I, I feel I can hear the sort of like Greek little yachts tinkling in the background and those little things on the on the masts. Yes, I think it's Is that. I think it's probably the rickety aircon machine, but you know, um, uh, similarly romantic. Um, yeah, I'm so excited that you're in Greece. Have a lovely holiday. Thank you, and it's been lovely chatting to you. It always has, and it's been lovely chatting to you, listeners. Please write in hello at homosapienspodcast.com or at homosapiens on Instagram. And we'll see you uh, next week when our super special guest will be... Jake Shears from the Scissor Sisters. The lovely Jason Sellards, a.k.a. Jake Shears, is our guest. And we had a lovely, lovely chat with him. And you are good. If you don't know him, you're going to adore him. And if you do know him, you'll love him more. Yeah. All right, everybody. Bye for now. Take care. Sorry for my inadequacy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Powered by Spirit Studios.